Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsford are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsford have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. One team that stands out, it's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. A five-star display as Pompey dismantle the young villains at Fratton Park. One by Hackett. Hackett might want to hit one from distance here. He does and he scores! Rico Hackett from 25 yards out. Drills one low into the bottom corner. Ports with five. Aston Villa under 21 still. Rico Hackett's 69th minute strike was but a cherry on an already finished cake. But a fine way to seal three points in the Papa John's trophy. He was one of ten changes made by Danny Cowley on Tuesday night. Jay Mingi was another, and he spoke after the win. A good day in the office, you know, uh, before the game, we, we all knew what we came here to do. We came out to win the game, first and foremost, but to play as well as we did is also an additional bonus. Between now and seven, we'll also hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley. I was pleased. That's always what you want. You want people putting their hand up, and I thought a lot put their hand up tonight. Yeah, there was a lot to like. The Blues are back in League One action at the weekend and Joe Burrell has been talking to our very own Henry Deacon about the strength and the character within this side compared to last season. We're a good team, but we're a group full of good people and I think that can take you a long way. Last week, the club announced the signing of the new sporting director, Richard Hughes from Forest Green Rovers. Andy Cullen has been sharing his thoughts on the appointment. I think it's a key appointment for the football club, for the long-term future of the football club as well because you know we want to improve every aspect of everything that we do. So much to get through throughout the next 60 minutes or so here on 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to another edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the show. Brought to you as always by Stagecoach Across the South. Getting you through Hampshire and across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Do head to their website, stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. So between now and 7 o'clock, two more Pompey fans on the show to discuss an emphatic 5-0 victory for the Blues over the Aston Villa under-21s on Tuesday night in the Papa John's Trophy. We'll analyse all of the key talking points from that game as well as the latest from around the club throughout the course of the week as well. We hit all of those interviews from the likes of Jay Mingy, Danny Cowley, Joe Morrell and Andy Cullen throughout the show. And we'll also take a preview into what is a big game in League One this weekend. Last time out in the league, the Blues were defeated. Their first loss of the new league season away at Ipswich Town by three goals to two last Saturday. And they were looking to get back to winning ways against Fleetwood this time around. However, before all of that, we're going to take you on a trip back to the midweek action at PO4 as Pompey played host to Tony Cast, Aston Villa under 21s. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! 
Pompey Live. Here we are, ready to go. Both sides in traditional home colours. You don't get to say that very often, do you? Portsmouth going from left to right. As Pompey go down the left and they've got Jacobs away. And Curtis is trying to break into the penalty area. What can Jacobs do? He'll win Portsmouth a first corner of the game on the far side. Curtis tries to flick it on. Doesn't get much contact on it. Still in the box. Chance for Portsmouth. Shot. Save. Curtis will tap in. And Portsmouth lead inside 90 seconds. It was Joe Piggott's shot. The flag stayed down. And Ronan Curtis could not miss from there. 1-0. Pompey get a challenge in and win it back. And Pompey are back in the penalty area. There's danger. Shot. Goal. 2-0. And Michael Jacobs has fired it into the bottom corner. And there's only six and a half minutes on the clock. It's already Portsmouth two after Villa now. Hume on the overlap on the left for Pompey. Chance to get the ball in the box. Shot from distance from Piggott. is tipped round the post. That's a great save from Marshall. And Piggott's thinking, how have I not scored? Then he finds Jacobs in the penalty area. Outside of his right foot, punched, palmed away. Still there for Tannicliffe. Taroba, 3-0 Portsmouth. Sweeps it home with his right foot. Also easy for Portsmouth. And they were going to put one of these chances away sooner or later. 52 minutes on the clock, Portsmouth 3 after Villanet. Infield's a ton of clip, thought about shooting, turns one way, then finds Karoma, shot into the net! A second for Josh Karoma, Marshall's beaten at the near post, and Portsmouth make it four. And it's won by Hackett, Hackett might want to hit one from distance here, he does and he scores! Rico Hackett from 25 yards out, drills one low into the bottom corner, a fine effort. Portsmouth 5, Aston Villa under 21 there. Oh, that's great from Tunnicliffe away from 2 into the penalty area. Can he find a teammate? No. Looked like he was just in position to square it to Hackett. And the ball is going to bounce out of play. It's all over here at Bratton Park. Portsmouth have hammered Aston Villa's under 21 by 5 goals to nil. Goals from Curtis, Jacobs, 2 from Corona. And one from Rico Hackett meets Portsmouth. Are uh, looking in a good position to progress to the knockout stages. And they were far too good for Villa's youngsters tonight. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There you are, the highlights of the midweek action at Fratton Park. Pompey, 5-0 winners over the Aston Villa under-21s in the EFL Trophy. Uh, taking a look at some of the other results that concern the Blues in this competition then. Uh, of course, not too long ago, on the 20th of September, uh, just over a fortnight ago, AFC Wimbledon were 3-2 winners over Crawley Town in our group, which therefore makes the table looking a little bit like this. Wimbledon are top. All teams have played two games, by the way. Wimbledon top on six points. Pompey are second with four. Crawley in third with two points. And the Aston Villa under-21s rock bottom in fourth with zero points. So they are officially out of the competition. They cannot progress to the knockout stages. And Pompey take on AFC Wimbledon in the third and final group stage fixture of this season's Papa John's Trophy. That game is coming up in a few weeks time the 1st of November so a win for Pompey would see them through to the knockout stages a draw and a, uh, a draw or a defeat for Crawley in their game against the Aston Villa 21s would also see Pompey through to the knockout stages but taking a look at some of the other results in League 1 from midweek although Pompey weren't in action in the league there were other teams in and around the Blues uh, that were Burton nil, Fleetwood won tomorrow's opponents of course we'll come on to talk about them later on Cheltenham won Bolton Wanderers nil 
Ipswich 3, Cambridge United 0, Plymouth Argyle 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1. So, the League 1 table now looking. Plymouth top after 12 games, 28 points. Ipswich second, 27 points. Sheffield Wednesday in third with 23 points. And Pompey in fourth with 21 points. However, with two games in hand on all three sides above them. So... If you think about it, you win those two games in hand, you're up to second on 27 points, but you need the points on the board at this stage. But we're not going to get too much into that, but that's where, the Pom- that's where Pompey currently are. Fourth from the table with two games in hand. OK, let's welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation. Then first and foremost, a very good evening to Mr Dean Adams. Evening, Jake. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much, Dean. Uh, five-star performance from Pompey on Tuesday night. Then pretty much the response we were all looking for after a defeat to Ipswich in the league last weekend. Yeah, I think it was a professional performance, wasn't it? You, I think uh, every player played really well on the night by the looks of it. And I think you can pinpoint a couple of players like uh, Michael Jacobs, who was absolutely outstanding. But yeah, it's a professional performance. You can only play what's put in front of you. Uh, they, were, they were a bit off it, weren't they? But 5-0, yeah, good scoreline, professional, some good goals. And yeah, some, and it was good to see certain players like Denver Hume get some minutes. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, and Lewis McKenzie also joins us on the show up until 7 o'clock tonight to review all of the action from Tuesday night and preview tomorrow's game at Fratton Park. Lewis, pleasure to have you back on the show, my friend. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me. Like we were just saying with Dean Vev and Lewis, a great performance from Pompey on Tuesday. Ten changes were made for that game. Mm. The only player to have started Tuesday and the previous game at Ipswich, Sean Raggett, who captain beside him midweek. But we have the likes of Josh Olawiyimi making his first Fratton start. Zach Swanson coming into the side. As uh, Dean mentioned there, Denver Hume returning from his injury spell on the sidelines. Michael Jacob back on the side. Joe Piggott, Ronan Curtis up top. And also five academy players on the bench. A lot to pick apart from that. But I think we'll start off with what Dean mentioned. Denver Hume back from injury adding even more depth to what is an already pretty decent size squad for Danny Cowley. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it was very, very exciting to see him back from injury. Um, it, it, he's one of these uh, wonderful players who are, didn't... Not, I forgot about, that's definitely the wrong thing to say, but um, because we had so much squad depth, yeah. we didn't really miss him. Uh, but that was... I, I personally look back at that comment and say, oh, actually... That's not true. I think he's now just adding even more and more depth to an already incredibly deep side. Mm. Absolutely. And and indeed, with that comment, I think it's fair to say that, like Lewis said there, Dean, no one's really perhaps forgotten Denver Hume, but with the electric start Pompey have had to this season, with the depth that Danny Carley's got at his disposal, and really the form shown by Conor Ogilvy at the start of his season in that left-back role, it is hard to see a way for Denver Hume back into the side. However... With uh, with Conor Ogilvy on that right-hand side in recent weeks with the injury to Joe Rafferty, it could be more likely. Yeah, it's certainly interesting at the back with like Denver Hume and Zach Swanson pushing for places. I think we've certainly got enough bodies there. But I think tomorrow, I think it'll be interesting tomorrow because Kieran Freeman also played excellent on Tuesday night. Mm. And I've got a sneaky feeling he may play tomorrow. So that could really open it up tomorrow. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Conor Ogilvy at left-back on Saturday and uh, Kieran Freeman at right-back. Lewis, you look, you look deep in thought. I think it's certainly a conundrum that, you know, not only yeah. Danny Cowley, we've, we've all got we've got the options. Kieran Freeman, mm. as, as Dean's mentioned there, we will preview the Fleetwood game, but with the, the magnitude of options you've got in those wing-back positions, 
it, it can only be a positive selection for Danny Carly that, that kind of headache he's got oh yeah no I, I completely agree it's, it's, it's a bit of a it's a catch 22 um, you don't really know how you want to do it because you've got so many options if if I if I was in Cowley's position I would definitely keep Ogilvie he's proven himself to be an absolute perfect starter for Portsmouth either left back right back but I personally actually think that we should get Zach Swanson starting uh, f- uh, against Fleetwood yeah 100% personally I mean, certainly last night, uh, not last night, <laughs> living in a dream world, um, Tuesday night against Bavilla under-21s, Dean, Zach Swanson coming back into the side after a few weeks, uh, not not injured, just not being favoured with the yeah. injury to Joe Rafferty. We've heard from Danny Cowley this week, that's set to keep him out for the next four to five weeks, not as minor as we'd all hoped originally. But with Zach Swanson playing on Tuesday night, uh, Dean, does that give... Does that give the gaffer a bit of a, a bit of a boost heading into Saturday? Did, did he have that much it, of a good performance that he could be yeah, thrown back I've, into the league? I've after? seen Zach play a couple of times, and he's looked good both times. The, the first time I saw him play was only against Bognor in pre-season, which, mm. as I said earlier, you can only play what's in front of you. But he looked absolutely quality. But I think he is behind, as we know, he's behind Rafferty. But that right-back, yeah, I, I know what Lewis is saying is Conor Ogilvie played there against Ipswich, and I think... Once or twice, it sort of looked like square pegs in sort of round holes. It hasn't sort of fitted at times. So I just, I don't know, I keep I keep looking at that Kieran Freeman situation and he played really well at the back on Tuesday. He has been out of favour, but he is he is very similar to Rafferty. He's just a solid, he can be a solid fullback and he's proved that at Sheffield United. So I think I would still put Freeman above Swanson, even though I really mm. like the look of Swanson. So, uh, but yeah, I think, I don't know, it'd certainly be interesting what happens tomorrow, let's put it that way. Some interesting decisions to be made by Danny Carley and his management team. If you'd like to have your say from back home on all things Pompey, including who you think should start against Fleetwood Town tomorrow afternoon, would it be Kieran Freeman at right back, Zach Swanson, maybe Connor Ogilvy back in that position with Clark Robertson on the left that Danny Carley has opted for in previous league outings? Do let us know between now and 7 o'clock. All the usual ways, 81400, our text number, start your messages with the word express. You can email Sport at expressfm.com. Tweet in using at expressfm on Twitter or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Okay, some post match reaction from some players and the manager himself as well to come. Now, Max Watson caught up with Danny Cowley after the game on Tuesday night, as well as Jay Mingi. And we start off with the Blues midfielder. Well, Jay, a comprehensive win tonight. How do you reflect on it? Oh, yeah, no, it was definitely a good day in the office. You know, uh, before the game, we, we all knew what we came here to do. We came out to win the game, first and foremost. But to play as well as we did is also an additional bonus. So, yeah, no, really good. Your first start for a little while. On a personal note, how did you find it out there? No, to be fair, I felt good. Been having problems with my shins recently, but I felt all right in the game. And it's just, it's always a blessing to be out on the pitch, you know, that I look at the injured players and they would love to be doing what I'm doing. So it's just a blessing. Just got to be grateful every day. So The flying start and it, you know, continued throughout the game. What was the message from the manager before the game? Just get at them, start bright. They won't be able to live with us. And it's just about backing ourselves, being confident, playing, attacking, running harder than them, bringing our physicality because they probably won't be used to it. So, yeah, that was the main message and obviously winning. So, yeah. Obviously, a bit of a new role for you playing centre-back in the second half. How did you find that? Not really a new role, to be fair. I played there quite a bit at previous clubs, so it's something that I'm sort of familiar with. Um, Obviously, I play midfield predominantly, but... Yeah, something I can definitely do, so it was good. I enjoyed it. It's been a while since I played there, so 
Yeah, and of course, five goals going forward, but also a clean sheet as well. Five-star performance all round tonight. Oh, yeah, can't complain, you know. Clean sheet, win, goals, goals, could have had more goals as well. So, yeah, no, really pleased at night. See several academy lads came on. Obviously, Adam Pace has played before, but the two other lads came on and made their debuts. How how do you think they'll be feeling tonight? Over the moon. I remember when I made my debut, something I can never forget. So I'm sure they'll remember this and just congratulations to them and just well done and keep going. Danny, would you describe that as a professional performance? Yeah, I think so. We were really pleased with the players' work ethic and attitude. We wanted to try to attack the game with an enthusiasm and, a, and an energy and an intensity, and I, I think we did that. And I thought there were a lot of good individual performances. How good was it to see five goals scored? Yeah, good. I think in 15 years of football management, I don't remember a game where we'd be more, one of my teams would be more dominant. Um, yeah, if I'm being critical, probably should have found, found more than five. But no, pleased with, with, with a lot of aspects of our game tonight. It's five goals, a clean sheet too. Josh Oluyemi, not much room to do, but solid when called upon and a resolute performance from our back line too. Yeah, I thought we, we defended really well from, from, the, from, from the front of the pitch. I thought our high press was really aggressive. We, weren't, we didn't allow them to get any energy. I thought our counter press was as good as it's been. Um, really, really uh, overloaded the ball, attacked the ball, turned it over at will and, and defended our half, which is something we like to do. And I think it's a consequence. Um, the back line had a, had a pretty easy night, but in possession, I, I liked our, I, I liked, I liked our structure. I thought Josh used the ball well. I thought the, the, the back four fed the midfield players well, and we, um, we had, a, had a good ball speed to us and some good movement at the top end of the pitch. So, yeah, we had a, had a nice rhythm tonight. Some stand-up performances out there. Do you think that will give you some selection headaches in the weeks to come? Well, I was I was pleased. Uh, that's always what you want. You want people putting their hand up, and I thought a lot put their hand up tonight. Yeah, there was there was, there was a lot to like, and of course, you know, we had a lot of young players playing ourselves. I know Aston Villa are obviously young, but you know, they've they've, they've been been able to, to in their academy sign a lot of players for for good money, and yeah, we. We, um, we finished the game with, with three scholars on the pitch. It was great to get Adam Pace some more minutes. He always does well whenever he plays. Um, young Harvey making his debut and also Brian, just, just, just first-year scholars. And, you know, when you think of our young ones, Josh and Goal, uh, Zach Swanson, Jay Mingy, um, yeah, the future's bright. You alluded to them there. Uh, Adam Pace, Brian Quam, Harvey Laidlaw. Debuts for the, for the two, uh, Harvey and Brian. How do you think they'll be feeling tonight? Well, it was it was a really good opportunity to be able to get them on the pitch. Um, they've worked. I said to them when they come on, just remember how hard you have worked for this moment. Make sure you uh, you leave it all out there, and, and and they certainly did that. Brian had a little cameo run, didn't he? And I think cut it back for Brian, uh, for for Adam who, who nearly scored. Um, but but no, it was great to get them on the pitch. I think it's you know spent some time with with the academy staff um, this evening. Um, and I know they were all here today, so and we, you know, we're making a lot of progress in in, in the academy. And um, I know there's a lot of people behind the scenes uh, working really, really hard to, to support and and to stretch our young players. And it was great, you know, to be able to get them on the pitch. And I'm sure they sat there watching the game, very, very, very proud. Jay Mingy and Danny Cowley speaking to both Henry Port and Max Swatton after the 5 0 win at Fratton Park on Tuesday night. Dean, uh, Danny Cowley mentioning towards the end there uh, in regards to the five academy players on the bench and those scholars who made it onto the pitch Harvey Laidlaw, Brian Quam, and uh, Adam Pace, as well as Dan Murray, too. Uh, Adam Pace, Laidlaw, and Quam all made it onto the pitch um, and, and certainly putting a decent show for themselves on, on what is, you know, for them, certainly a big occasion. 
Yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? Anytime you see those academy boys that are on the bench or uh, ever starting in the cup games, it, it's great to see and it's great for the club, especially if those boys are born locally as well. It's absolutely brilliant. So I remember Harvey Laidlaw, I played with his granddad about 20 years ago. <laughs> wow. So uh, so I certainly know that family quite well. But yeah, it's, it's lovely to see, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, Zesh Raymond, one of the coaches uh, from the Pompey Academy, with his tweet uh, following the, the, the features of them players on Tuesday night. Brilliant to see three of the scholars play tonight. Thoroughly deserved for their application and attitude on a consistent basis. Uh, thank you, uh, Zesh. A very, very good point and very, very well put across there. We were having a bit of a, a conversation on Tuesday night, Lewis, in regards to the Papa John's Trophy, the format, the competition. Mm-hmm. There's no need to get too deep into it because it's been around for a number of years now since we've had that big argument in regards to were the under-21s welcome in this competition? <laughs> what did they bring, the pros, the cons? But you, you saw on Tuesday night, from Pompey's perspective, with these academy graduates and the scholars coming onto the pitch, mm. it's a great platform for them to, to really show the team and show the fans what they've got to offer. But in regards to the under-21s, yes, it's a good platform for them to play against senior teams and, mm. and real professionals, a chance for them to get to Wembley if they, if they can. No, no one's done it so far. But on Tuesday night, a 5-0 win, it just looks a little bit... Yeah, that's true. However, however, I mean, you only have to look, what, a couple of years ago when it was the Arsenal under-21s and we only beat them 2-0. Yeah. Which I know... <laughs> which, oh, we only beat them 2-0. <laughs> um, but I do think that, yeah, there is an argument to be made where uh, maybe playing the under-21s of these Premier League sides is is a little bit unbalanced. But... I do think it's a competition which a, a couple of people that I've spoken to have thrown their toys out the pram mm. about, saying, oh, it's a bit of a, it's a Mickey Mouse trophy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I thoroughly disagree with you. Yeah. Is there a fan at that match? Yes, there are several. In that case, it matters. <laughs> it really matters. I, I mean, 2019, Wembley, Poppy, exactly. Sunderland, we were all there. 89 plus 1,000? Yeah. I, I always throw that in the face of any of my colleagues who ask, oh, Pompey a big team. Oh, of course, they're a big yeah. team. They filled Wembley. <laughs> and the, the early rounds might, might be a little bit underwhelming, perhaps. It's not, the, it's not, it's not the competition you're, you know, the teams are prioritising, but when you get to that stage, it's when you've got mm. Wembley and the, the carrot of a trophy under, under your nose, it certainly is interesting. And in regards to the under-21 teams, uh, Dean, I'll get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, they've been around for a while. It's not really up to us to make the decision now. But when you've got the likes of in previous seasons, uh, Lewis mentioned there, the Arsenal under 21s. Bukayo Saka came through um, mm. that team there. Dane Scarlett came yeah. through the, the Tottenham under 21s. Now he's on loan at Pompey and really thriving, uh, having first team professional football. So as much as it's got it, it, its cons, it's certainly got a lot of pros as well. Yeah, as we just said, I think it's good for the under 21s because they play against experienced pros. and. Uh, for certain managers, it gives us another look at those sort of players as well for future loans. But yeah, you look at Tuesday night, five nil scoreline sounds sounds very heavy. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't. I, I don't know. I'm I'm one of these people that yeah, it's great to win win the trophy as we did, but. I'm I'm not one to go and really watch these games if I can help it. If I'm if I'm honest, I don't I don't even know the rules. I was thinking of the rules earlier. Do the top two go through? Or is it just the top one? I don't even know. It's, it's the top two. The top two it go through. Top two. Yeah. So you, you draw a game. You, you both get a point. Um, the the winner uh, of the penalty shootout will get an extra gets point. An extra. So two points. Yeah. yeah. And then of course the win gets you three points and a, a defeat gets you none. But yeah, the top two go through. Uh, Pompey currently second. But, yeah. 
the, the fact I don't even know the rules for that competition <laughs> sort of says my thoughts on it. Yeah, to be fair, there, there was actually there was an occasion where I was explaining it to my friends who all support Premier League teams, so mm. uh, they don't yeah. really follow their under twenty ones. And I was explaining the rules. Oh well, see, they drew, they drew, so they got they both get one point. And then one of them got up on their phone. It's like, well, why have they got two points and we have one? It's like, oh. Well, I don't actually know. <laughs> I, I, I think the I think the extra point for the penalty yeah. shootout is a bit crazy. It's all about American, isn't it? But <laughs> a yeah. little bit, yeah. Well, should, yeah. We, should, should we move on? Should we, uh, should we forget the Papa John's? Sure, it's, it's why been, not? It's been and done. Got a big game this weekend, Pompey. Uh, Fleetwood at Fratton Park. League One action returning uh, for Danny Cowley's side. Two games in hand on the teams above. And don't forget, and a big chance to close that gap this weekend indeed. And after the break, we'll hear from midfielder Joe Morrell, who highlights the difference in mentality between last season's Pompey squad and the current crop of players. We've got a group with a personality and a mentality that can help us overcome setbacks. Like you alluded to last year I think maybe we didn't deal with disappointments in moments as well as we perhaps should have and could have I think as a group we're better prepared for those moments this year when they do come the three of us here will be reacting to that interview as well as moving on to preview tomorrow's return to league action at Thratton when the football hour returns in just a few moments time this is the football hour 93.7 express fm whether you're out with your mates catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Hello there and welcome along to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you this season by Stagecoach across the South and you can download their app right now by visiting either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can locate your nearest bus stop. You can even prepay for your ticket as well. Portsmouth Day Riders now just £4.50. 81400, our text number here on Express FM. If you'd like to have your say on anything pompy between now and 7 o'clock, uh, send those texts in to us and include the word Express at the start of your messages as well. Sport at Express fm.com is our email address you can tweet in using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash pompey live steve on facebook has already got in touch with a score prediction for tomorrow's game thank you very much steve he's gone for a 2-1 pompey win okay fleetwood town of the opponents for the blues at fratton park tomorrow afternoon after a trophy at romp of the aston Villa under 21s on tuesday night that succeeded uh, from last saturday's 3-2 defeat at Portman Road but this is a chance for the Blues to get back to winning ways in the league and really cut the gap on the three sides above them. Fleetwood Town the opponents now we take a closer look into tomorrow's opposition. Attention returns to League One this weekend as Fratton Park opens its gates for the second time this week. Match day number 11 awaits Fleetwood Town the opponents for Pompey. Pompey live this week's opposition. Tuesday night's 5-0 victory over the Aston Villa under-21s represented a return to winning ways for the Blues, who were defeated by three goals to two by Ipswich Town at Portman Road last time out in the league. Danny Cowley's men now occupy fourth position after midweek results, however seven points off top spot with two games in hand. The Cod Army of Fleetwood will be standing in their way of closing the gap to the sides above. Manager. Former Celtic and Aberdeen midfielder Scott Brown is now the head coach of Fleetwood. 
The 37-year-old took up the role on May the 12th, succeeding Stephen Craney, who had been appointed on an interim basis following the departure of Simon Grayson midway through last season. The Celtic legend had represented Scotland on 55 occasions between 2005 and 2017, and his position at Fleetwood is his first in management. One to watch. Winger Carlos Mendes Gomez is one to keep an eye on this time around. The Fleetwood number seven has made six appearances for the club since arriving on loan from Luton Town in the summer. Mendes Gomez moved to Kenilworth Road in the summer of 2021, following three successful years at Morecambe, with whom he won promotion to League One with last May. During that promotion-winning season, which came via the League 2 playoffs, the 23-year-old was the club's top scorer with 15 goals. Top scorer. 24-year-old Daniel Batty is currently the club's top scorer in League One this season. The midfielder has two goals at this stage, but has not found the back of the net since a 2-1 win over Plymouth Argyle on the 6th of August. Although Fleetwood have netted 10 times in the league so far, the goals have been scored by nine different players, with Batty the only one to have scored twice. For those either at the game this weekend or watching on iFollow, Daniel Batty will be wearing the number 24 shirt. Current form. Scott Brown's side have accumulated 15 points from their opening 11 games in League One this season, earning them a spot in 12th position, five points behind the playoff places and six ahead of the relegation zone. Fleetwood have picked up eight points from their last five league outings, recording two wins, two draws and one defeat within that same time frame. Their most recent match ended in victory, beating Burton Albion 1-0 at the Pirelli Stadium on Tuesday night. The last time the Blues faced these opponents, they had to overturn an early three-goal deficit at Fratton Park to steal a point in the game which saw Aidan O'Brien net in the 95th minute. That match back in February ended 3-0. Who will claim all three points at PO4 this weekend, Portsmouth or Fleetwood Town? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. There you are, then a more in-depth look into the Cod Army, Pompey's opponents tomorrow afternoon, match day 11, fourth blues of this new League One season. Lewis McKenzie and Dean Adams join me on the show this evening to preview that one. We've spoken already, Lewis, about the, the fact that... Um, Joe Rafferty will be injured and he'll be mm. out for the next uh, four to five weeks as displayed uh, by Danny Cowley in the week. Um, and it's a chance, as we mentioned previously, for the likes of either Kieran Freeman, Zach Swanson or perhaps even Conor Ogilvie to, to fill in that role. Um, we spoke about it briefly um, in, the, in the previous part of the show. Mm. But in regards to Kieran Freeman, his performance on Tuesday night, he actually adopted a sort of left-sided centre-back position. Mm. Um that was a that's a, a different one, but it goes to show that we, we've got that versatility in the side, rather you know, as opposed to just the, the strength and depth, the, the versatility across the back as well. Yeah, I did think it was quite curious because I remember during the Ipswich match, I saw um, especially between um, Raggett and uh, Morrison, there on, on more than one occasion there were surprisingly large gaps mm. uh, for um, the likes of you know uh, <laughs> Chaplin and Harness to uh, slip through. Um, so I think it's, you know, quite interesting um, to see us uh, experimenting uh, at the back. Indeed. And Mike, Bis Mike Briscoe, sorry, on Twitter says, I thought Swanson had a great match on Tuesday. I thought he linked up well with Curtis. I thought Curtis looked so much better and more comfortable on the right-hand side, naturally running down the wing to delivering crosses. Far too predictable on the left as he just cuts in on his right way too much. And a, a big game for, for many players on Tuesday night. It was uh, Dean as the trophy and cup competitions do often uh, provide uh, that, that sort of platform to be. And indeed for Ronan Curtis, uh, not really favoured in previous 
League matches to Josh Caroma, who's had an incredible start to life at Fratton Park. Um, Ronan Curtis on the right-hand side, is, is that his best position in a, in a Pompey shirt? Is that perhaps why some people are getting a bit frustrated with him in, in some games? He's had a, de- a decent start to this season, don't get me wrong, but... Yeah, I think he's I think he's had a great start to the season, mm-hmm. to be fair. He's got some of his uh, bite back, and he, he looks quite lively. Uh, I think he lost his place on the side. Yeah, Josh arrived on loan, but I think that sort of coincided with Ronan Curtis having a young child as well, didn't it? It did, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think uh, that gave Josh a... Uh, well, Ronan a break, and Josh came in. But, yeah, I like... I think Ronan can play anywhere across the, the sort of front three or up front, really. I think he's... He's a he's a live wire up there, and those positions can be here. So, yeah, left or right, I like him on the right. But yeah, Danny Cowley sees Ronan in training day in day yeah. out, and obviously Danny knows best. So. We have to leave it up to the manager, don't we? Indeed we do. Uh, a good start to the season for Ronan Curtis, as we mentioned. Lewis, very quick off the mark on Tuesday night, scoring him a second minute, mm. uh, a tapping after some good play on the left-hand side. Uh, Michael Jacobs, five minutes later, doubling the lead um, to make it 2-0 on the seventh minute. Uh, Josh Caroma then actually came on uh, for Joe Piggott. He started the game in midweek. After 34 minutes, he was subbed off, and he was sort of holding his chest areas, his mm. sort of belly area. And we, we heard from Danny Cowley after the game, and he, he spoke to our colleague Andy Moon confirming that he had a bit of a chest infection heading into the match and mm. uh, he just came off because he was feeling it a little bit so something we're hoping not to be too too concerned about heading into the next yeah, few ho- weeks hopefully but... it's nothing nothing too too serious but um, it comes back to that same point I'm really not too worried about squad depth mm. um, we're already a very very deep squad if we do have a couple of you know I, I believe Pickett's on, on loan with us from, from yeah. Ipswich yeah. Um so I'm not too worried about... Uh, obviously, I'm worried for his health. Uh, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not yeah. saying I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mean. I'm not mean, I promise. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've got the depth to plug the gaps. Um, it's only if we start getting a little, a couple more injuries picking up here and there where I'll actually start getting a little bit worried. But as, as of right now, not too fast. But something which... And I do think that the wounded animal that was Portsmouth after the Ipswich match, after putting in such a shift and then going into the Aston Villa under-21s match, they were hungry. Oh, yeah. they were hungry. Absolutely. Apparently five yeah. goals hungry. Five goals hungry indeed, yeah. And... Uh... A, a chance tomorrow, Fleetwood at home to, mm. to really. I, I don't think they're quite full up yet, are they? I think the oh, hunger will continue. Not. No, no, I think there's going to be a couple more goals in them. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to say I'm overconfident because when mm. you actually look at Fleetwood's um, history for this season, they seem to be only winning by maybe like one goal, one goal to nil, oh, two, one. Yeah. Um, but the teams that they have beaten, oh, they're, they're big punches. And considering that we're up there, I mean, we're in the top four with two goals and uh, sorry, two games in hand. Yeah. I'd be a little bit concerned. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly won't be an easy game, and, and it goes back to that kind of cliche, doesn't it? That mm. no game in League One is easy, but tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon, certainly won't be managed now by uh, Scott Brown. We'll hear more from both Lewis and Dean uh, in the next part of the show, but we'll also take a look at the text tweets and emails we've got coming in as well. A few of them uh, coming through to us now, but first of all, we're going to hear from uh, midfielder Joe. The Wales midfielder spoke to Henry Deacon at the training ground on Thursday about the upcoming test against Fleetwood and what the team will take into the game from last week's defeat at Ipswich. We're itching to get going again, uh, as is always the case after a setback, and obviously a setback it was on Saturday, so uh, yeah, we're ready to go on Saturday, and obviously from a personal perspective, feeling better and obviously affecting me a little bit. 
but now feeling better now and, and ready to attack Saturday. Good week's training? Yeah, uh, obviously played a part on Tuesday as well, which was good to get more minutes. Um, obviously injured at the start of the season, so just getting those minutes in the tank is going to help me going, going forward, I think. Was it good just to get a game on Tuesday, EFL trophy-wise, just to kind of get minutes in the tank following Saturday and just to get back on the horse straight away? No, definitely. I'm a, I'm a player who wants to play as much as I can and I always feel better the more I play and uh, hopefully 45 minutes, albeit, you know, in the, in the Papa John's, um, you know, 45 minutes in a professional game, 11 v 11, is, is always going to be beneficial, so hopefully that's the case. Have you found your start to the season so far? Uh, obviously, the injury is, is going to take a while to get over. I had surgery at the back end of pre-season, so um, obviously that, that's disruptive. Um, and I've played a lot of football in the summer, so I'm, I'm hopefully seeing it as a blessing in disguise, really, that I can come back and have the rest that I needed and I'm going to attack the rest of the season. Um, you know, I probably ended up playing a missed uh, start of last season as well, a few weeks, and ended up playing 50-odd games, so hopefully... Uh, that's the case again this year. I imagine it's frustrating, but I suppose for you, following that in the summer, was it a case of this season's always going to be a slow burn and that perhaps towards the latter end of the season where we're going to see the better wall for you compared to the start? Yeah, I think that's always the case with me. I think I'm always a player regardless of... Even if I've had a full pre-season, it always takes me four or five games to feel 100%, uh, just in terms of the intensity and the sharpness that you get with playing games. And uh, that was the case last year. I think it probably took me a month to get going in a, in a blue shirt. Obviously, I'm greedy and I want everything yesterday, so... I'm quite hard on myself in that regard. Uh, but no, I'm starting to feel better now. And obviously the games with Wales have helped. Coming back into the team here has helped. So I'm um, just ready to play my part when called upon. And But I'm starting to feel better, feeling fitter, feeling sharper and, and ready to contribute. How are you finding the international club balance at the minute? No, it's, it's something that I'm used to now. You know, I've played for Wales for the best part of four years. So something that I'm used to, um, something that I've really enjoyed. You know, you go away in a different environment, playing against different players in different countries, something that I've always relished, really. You know, I've got a fair few caps now and I can always use those experiences away with Wales. Coming back into the group here, um, obviously there's a difference in the football between playing in League One and uh, playing international football, which is natural. Um, but yeah, I can use the, the best sides of both to make myself a better player, hopefully. Fleetwood on Saturday, obviously looking for a reaction from last week against Ipswich, but the character in the group seems one that can come back from setbacks quite quickly. Yeah, I think so. I think hopefully that's what you'll see this year is we've got a group with a personality and a mentality that can help us overcome setbacks. Um, like you alluded to last year, I think maybe we didn't deal with disappointments in moments as well as we perhaps should have and could have. But I think as a group, we're we're better prepared for those moments this year when they do come and obviously that came last Saturday and I think uh, you'll see a reaction on Saturday because um, we've got that fire burning now and and uh, yeah I think it's almost like a wounded animal when you lose a game um, especially the magnitude of the game and the, the importance of the game um, but three points against Ipswich is the same as three points on Saturday and uh, that's the intention. How much can the lessons learnt from last year help you to come back from setbacks this year? Yeah I think so I think there's obviously a group of us that were here last year um, I think we've benefited from new faces in the group, uh, new ideas in the group, obviously new experiences in the group. We've brought in a, a few experienced players who've been fantastic. Um, and we've got a real good blend of experience in youth now. And uh, hopefully that's going to be a special combination for us. I think you've seen this season that we're a good team, but we're a group full of good people. And I think that can take you a long way. 
Joe Burrell speaking to our very own Henry Deacon there at the training ground yesterday afternoon. Dean, Joe mentions within that interview um, about the mentality and really the reaction uh, that, this, uh, that this side is showing this season when going either a goal behind, having facing these setbacks, whether it be injuries, whether it be defeats. The side seems to react and they have that hunger, that hunger and the fire in their bellies to do so. And the comparison to, to the last season's squad, who, who he believes didn't quite have the same sort of aura about them. As a fan, as someone who watches the games regularly from a press box as well, is that something you can agree with, Joe, that that has changed this season? Yeah, it feels a bit different this season, doesn't it? I think you, you look at the sides we've played and if we go 1-0 down last season, I'd think, oh, could we come back from this? And this season, we seem to be coming back. You look at the top three teams, I think Plymouth, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, we've been behind against all those sides this season and we've come back against all those sides. Uh, I know we haven't beaten those sides, but we have been 1-0 down, 2-1 down and come back. So the mentality and the attitude and the work rate of the side is completely different. And as as we've seen, there's, there's goals in our side and those goals can come from anywhere at the moment. So, yeah, if we do go one behind, it's a case of mm. just regrouping and doing what we're doing because we can come back, yeah. OK, just under 15 minutes to get your final thoughts into the panel this evening. Pompey fans, if you're tuning in from back home, you want to have your say, whether you've got any opinions, questions for the team or any score predictions for tomorrow's game against Fleetwood, do get in touch. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com, if you don't know them by now. OK, a short while ago, Pompey announced the arrival of new sporting director Richard Hughes from Forest Green Rovers after a long summer search for a suitable role in that position. Head coach Danny Cowley will be on after of a break to discuss that appointment. It's a really important appointment for the football club. If we want to have sustained success, then we have to keep trying to develop and improve all of the different provisions that support the first team. The sporting director drives a strategy on a, on a daily basis while supporting the football operation. Join us again for the third and final part of tonight's show, the conclusion of the Football Hour, coming up next. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time this evening to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit their website, stagecoachbus.com, or you can download the app from either the Apple app or Google Play Store right now. OK, uh, Dean Adams and Lewis McKenzie join me on the show uh, before uh, between now and 7 o'clock to preview tomorrow's game against Fleetwood. We'll get the final thoughts of them as well as you guys back home as well in just a few moments' time. But we are running out of time a little bit, so we're now going to throw you back to Henry Deacon, who's got Danny Cowley and his pre-match thoughts. So, Danny, a couple of days on from that Aston Villa win, what did you take from that particular match? Well, I think... Uh, as a group, we take a lot of confidence, for sure. I think it was great to get some more game time in individuals and, and also to see those individuals play with a, with a really nice rhythm. Um, I thought there were some, some really good performances. I think, you know, nice for Josh Olawami to keep a clean sheet. I thought Zach Swanson um, had, a, had a really good game, probably his best game, best competitive game for the club, which was great. Um, 
Good to see Denver Hume get more minutes. Got him to 75 minutes. I thought he carried real threat on that left-hand side with, with that ability to take the, pit, take the space and, and, and cross with his left foot. Um, I thought the midfielders, Jay and Tunney, did, did well in there. And, yeah, it gave us a chance to have a look at Rico in a slightly different position. And I thought he did that well. Saw Josh Coroma play as the nine, which is something that, 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 that he can do. Um and and yeah, Michael Jacobs coming back from injury, I thought was um, was was excellent. It was really good. As I mentioned, is that the sort of game which is quite a nice of you to have a look at different things in a gameplay situation? Yeah, of course, of course. It's always great to play football, isn't it? So we, you know, we the more games the the, the better for us. It's, um, we love to train, but there's no there's nothing better than playing. Playing fixtures and, and playing playing ninety minutes and the uh, the group would have would have taken a lot from it. I thought we um, against the ball we pressed it really really well. We forced them on the left. We trapped them. We got turnovers. I think twenty turnovers in their half, which is a is a big number for us. I thought our counter press was reactive and aggressive. And we were able to turn the ball over and stay in their half, and that just gave us a really good place to control the game. And you know we scored five. We, we if we're being critical of ourselves, we probably could, we, we probably should have scored more. Was that an ideal game, an ideal time on the back of Saturday, just to get a game straight away off the bat? I think it's always nice to, to to play football, and you know some of those boys have been short of football for whatever reason, and whether it's not quite being able to get into a uh, a start eleven of one consistently, or or if they're coming back from injury. So yeah, it was it was a good game for us. Um, and we were pleased with the the, the, the outcome of it. Because I suppose it gives you some nice headaches to have for the weeks ahead. I think you always want to have competition for places. I think the most successful teams have always had that, and I think the competition drives the standards. So moving on then to Fleetwood on Saturday, tough game of course at home. They're one of those teams that you know you always got to be at your best against because they they can always get results against anyone in this division. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've got really good players. I think they they recruited aggressively in the summer. Obviously, Scott Brown has come in. I think they're really well organised, um, both in possession and out of possession. I think they've got a real energy and intensity about their press. Um, I think they are aggressive and physical enough to be able to deal with the, the, the direct play that sometimes you have to deal with in League One. And yet, in possession, technically good. Midfield players all good at handling the ball. They like to play through. They've got some really good players in the 7, the 11 and the 10 position. And, and pace in the nine position and, and that means uh, they're a real threat on the transition as well so a lot to like I watched them play Bur- Burton on, on Tuesday night we've seen them you know I think since the first game of the season they've 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 only lost 1-0 to Everton and 1-0 in the last minute to Barnsley so six draws and three wins since then um, yeah they're a good team I expect them to be very competitive this season Does that record suggest they're probably a tough team to break down? Yeah, I think they're just a good team. Yeah, I think they're a really good team. Um, I mean, they were they were really free flowing in in the first half against Burton in particular, and they could have easily scored two, three, four goals in that game. Yeah, they've got some good players. And injury wise, how is everybody at the minute? Yeah, good. As you've just seen, a lot of them played on on Tuesday. Um, 
And yeah, we've got a good balance to the group at the moment, lots of competition places. Danny, thank you. Pleasure. Danny Cowley speaking to Henry Deacon there at the Blues training ground yesterday afternoon. Lewis McKenzie and Dean Adams alongside me to preview that one. Um, Fleetwood at home tomorrow afternoon, then Dean, an, an opportunity for Pompey to get back to winning ways in the league. It's not been a bad start to the season anyway. Defeat, of course, to Ipswich last time out. What do you think the Blues need to do differently from that game at Portman Road to ensure they turn that defeat into three points? Uh, just be a bit more tighter at the back and nothing silly. I think we just need to play the way we've been playing all season. Uh, Fleetwood will be tough, uh, as Danny's just said. They've only lost two games all season, mm -hmm. so they're a bit of a draw specialist. They've drawn six games, but that game, if Portsmouth want to go up, they're the games you've got to win. And we've got sort of 12 games between now and the end of the year. There's a couple of tough ones in there with Derby at home and I think Ipswich at home. But the, and they're winnable as well. But the rest of those games, if Portsmouth Football Club want to go up, these are the games you've got to win. And tomorrow's one of those games you have to win. Absolutely. Um, Tom Chappell, Fauna, written all over it on Twitter, believes that Zach Swanson uh, starts on Saturday uh, at that right-back position. That's Tom Chappell's thoughts on Twitter. Mm. Uh, Dave Wren says, based on the last few games, I'll play uh, Kieran Freeman at right-back in Joe Rafferty's absence. Very looked, uh, We've looked oddly imbalanced without a right-footer there. Uh, Dave Loren on uh, Twitter there. And, of course, that would potentially move Conor Ogilvy back to left-back. Where does that leave Clark Robertson with Sean Raggett and Michael Morrison on good form this season? Lewis, it, it is a dilemma for Danny Carley. We, we've mentioned that is, you know, that's why he gets paper money to do so, not yeah. us, which he's got the luxury of talking about it and thinking about it. But if I was to ask you this question now, who starts right-back tomorrow afternoon? Ogilvy. Ogilvy, left-back. Well, Zach Swanson. Zach, yep, yeah, okie dokie. <laughs> Dean, yourself? I'd go left back, Conor Ogilvy, right back, Freeman, and two of the three in the centre at the back. I don't know which one I'd drop. Hmm. Tough one. It's Very tough. tough. One. There's no right or wrong answer. We can only find out tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock when Danny Carley names his starting 11 to the Pompey faithful. OK, uh, just over a week ago, the club announced the arrival of sporting director Richard Hughes uh, to the club from Forest Green Rovers after a long process in the summer in trying to recruit someone in that position. And uh, we've been hearing from both Andy Cullen and Danny Carley on Richard Hughes' appointment. We're delighted to have Richard with us. Um, I think it's a key appointment for the football club. Uh, for the long-term uh, uh, future of the football club as well because, you know, we want to improve every aspect of everything that we do um, and not just in the areas of recruitment, which I think people automatically look to when they look at these types of appointments, but across all the day-to-day -day operations of our football club, the analysis uh, as well, the sports science and medicine, the kid operations, the grounds. It is, it's really, really important that we can start to join it, have, and have somebody who's totally fully focused on uh, you know, making those, those key improvements, making those marginal gains that will mean so much to the, you know, the future of the football club and uh, improving us constantly constantly in every single area so we've now got somebody who's coming into the club we'll have a real focus on that we we'll work very closely with Danny and Nicky we'll work very closely with myself and indeed all the staff uh, down at uh, down at the training ground so we're absolutely delighted that finally uh, you know we, ha we have somebody in post after what has been a, a long but a search that's been really really worthwhile. Danny the club appointed Richard Hughes as sporting director how pleased are you with that news and what do you think he can add to the club? 
Yeah, we're delighted that, that Rich has, has come in. Um, I think he brings a, a wealth of experience and, and expertise. Um, it's a really important appointment for the, for the football club. If we want to have sustained success, then we have to keep trying to develop and improve all of the different provisions that, that support the first team, whether that be academy, whether that be recruitment, whether that be medical and sports science, analysis. All of these departments have such an important role in the success of the team. and. The, the the sporting director drives that drives a strategy on a, on a daily basis while while supporting the football operation and yeah we're really pleased to be able to bring rich in um, he's got a proven track record he did fantastically well at forest green um, and yeah we're we're really looking forward to working with him and just really quickly, Dean, before we do uh, move on and, and have to wrap up the show, the arrival of Richard Hughes as sporting director, something Pompey had been looking to do throughout the entire summer. It, it did have the, the breaks put on that search for a, a good little period in regards to the, the amount of leaks that were coming out in the media. But the club have got it over the line now, and it's a good boost for Pompey heading, heading into you know the next few months and indeed the January transfer window too. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. I know a few bits and pieces about him, and it's a great appointment. It's, Danny's obviously got a plan with Andy Cullen, and this guy's coming in as uh, director of football or whatever the, the term is. So it's like having a project, and he's the project manager. So, yeah, great appointment for the club. Uh, Mike T in South Sea on the text. Hi, Jake away. Congratulations on the birth of your baby daughter. A top home result, Mike T and Crispy Bacon, Zani South Sea. Thank you very much, Mike T, for your text. And also a big, big thank you to Jill uh, on Tuesday night. I didn't actually get to see you, but you, you dropped off a present and a card to a, a steward nearby in the stands who was very, very welcome and gave that to me. So really big thank you to Jill for your very lovely thoughts and your lovely gift there. Really do appreciate that. We really did, uh, really, really did enjoy that. Thank you very much, Jill, for that. And thank you to Mike for your text okay uh score prediction time um we heard from steve earlier on facebook he's going for a 2-1 win lewis what are you going for i'm going to say 3-1 3-1 pompey of course thank you very much lewis and dean what about yourself i think we'll be fine tomorrow it will be tough but i'm going to go 3-0 will be tough indeed thank you very much dean thank you lewis 3-0 and 3-1 i'm going to go for a 2-1 pompey win all of the unmissable action here on pompey live from two o'clock all the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey returned to winning ways on Tuesday night, dispatching five past Aston Villa under-21s in the EFL Trophy. Hackett might want to hit one from distance here. He does, and he scores! Talks with five, Aston Villa under-21s there. Up next, Pompey look to start a new unbeaten run in the league. Pompey versus Fleetwood Town will be live right here on Saturday from 2pm. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, you can catch all of the unmissable action this uh, this afternoon, tomorrow afternoon rather, from 2 o'clock, Pompey taking on Fleetwood Town in League One, kick-off 3 o'clock, of course, from Fratton Park. I won't be on air tomorrow afternoon with the team. In fact, Dean Adams himself, who I believe is still here, will be taking over my role and he'll be joining Robbie James and uh, Jay Sadler for that game. Dean, thank you very much for your appearance on the show this evening and I really do wish you all the best for tomorrow. Yeah, cheers, Jake. I'm looking forward to it tomorrow, so thank you. You're very welcome. Very looking forward to having Dean on the show. I will be at the game, just uh, enjoying it as a fan for a, for a change. Very much looking forward to that one. But, yeah, wishing Dean and the team all of the best for that one tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock here on Express FM. Lewis McKenzie, thank you very much for coming to the studio and having your uh, your say on all things Pompey this evening. It's been a pleasure, as always, to have you on the show. Jake, Dean, it's been an absolute pleasure. Have a safe journey home to yourself as well. Thank you very much to Lewis and Dean for their 
appearances on the show this evening. Okay, coming up on Express tonight, Connor Mosley is back right after the news at seven with Express Floor Fillers. You're invited as a VIP to the latest edition of the show. Ian McGuinness is back on Saturday morning from eight o'clock with Saturday Breakfast. Mason Jordan returns in cover for Lily Park between 11 and two. Then Pompey Live back from two for Pompey versus Fleetwood. Thank you very much for your time today, Pompey fans. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday, same time, six o'clock. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Play out Pompey.